golden fire. That actually works. <laughs> not without a star. That face is free. Only one will be free. We have a close. Hang on to a dream. On the boats and on the planes. We to America. Oh boy. Looking back again. We come to America. We're traveling light today. The Isle of Storm. Welcome everyone to episode 113 of the Light Shed Podcast, Richard Greenfield, Walter Pythick, Brandon Ross, happy July 4th weekend, everybody. How are you? This reminds me of a concert I saw in front of the Art Museum steps, but he was not playing. It was the Beach Boys. <laughs> so how does it remind you? I have July. no idea. That was a non sequitur to end all non sequitur. July 4th weekend. I don't know. Oh, it was July 4th weekend. Really sunny out. You know, hot dogs, hamburgers, beer. And of course, thank you to all the servicemen um, and those of us that have parents or grandparents that served our country that have uh, created the freedom that we hope lasts um, in our country. Yeah. We're, yeah uh, we might be struggling a bit on that one lately. So, And to those who appreciate America. So there's no other better place to spend July 4th um, weekend than in Paris. How's that coming along, Brandon? <laughs> well, I'm, no, I'm on my way back now. Well, now. you hope to get back, but given I, I plan early... to be back tomorrow. Yeah, good okay. luck with that. I, I plan to spend July 4th at home. So the the offers that you're getting by the airlines to give up your ticket is do they go up by the hour? Do you get like a new email? Like we're now paying you. No, they they say that you should put in how much. Oh, really? You can. They will. They will pay the difference, whatever it is. No, 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 no. no, no. Forget about the difference. It's like a bidding system. They'll choose the people who bid the least. It's a reverse auction. Right, but you still have to go to the airport. Like, and then they choose you there. It's fucking oh, fuck that. absolutely no. stupid. Why would I ever do that? I'll be honest with you. If they were just like, you know, I'll move you to Sunday at this point, I would just spend another day here. Like what, what the fuck? Although I'm pretty fucking tired at this point. My friend had a flight to somewhere in Europe from the U S was in business or first, whatever, and his seat was incapacitated. So yeah, they bounced him to coach. Oh my God. I'm like, someone must have taken a shit in that seat because <laughs> you could not keep me out of that seat. I, if he just couldn't recline or the TV didn't work. Like, I don't know what the hell happened in that seat. Maybe we'll learn about that in our posts. Well, I, it, it does remind me of a funny Disney World story. So we were on the <laughs> rock and roller coaster and, um, all of a sudden, an entire car went empty. And we were like, why is that car empty? And they're like, well, that's a biohazard. And we're like, what's a biohazard? Yeah. 
Yeah, but dude, if it's a roller coaster, that biohazard is like flying back. Like there was a like chemical spill? No. So a biohazard in Disney World, I guess, type of spill? is when someone vomits in the seat. Oh, vomit. Okay. And they they what they do is they clean it quickly between each of the rides. They clean it six times. So it goes empty six times. And by the seventh ride, they put the people back in the seat. This is pre-COVID. No, no, this was dirt. This is when I was down in March. Like this was oh. literally in March. This is the story I was getting. That's disgusting. I, I, will, <laughs> I will tell you this. I flew <laughs> Economy Plus oh. from, from Zanzibar to Paris. <laughs> and that was like, you know, it, the plane stopped in like Nairobi. You know, you didn't get off or whatever. That was like. For, a- for our podcast listeners, this was Brandon's honeymoon. Yeah. Flying. Flying. <laughs> It was a 15-hour situation. It was fucking horrible. I mean, <laughs> I, I got like, I think my, my um, you know how your phone, because your watch tells you how much sleep you got? Yeah. I had one hour and 56 minutes. I shut down a ride at Hershey Park once, that one of those <laughs> spinny rides. I was fine for most of the spinny rides where you're like plastered against the wall. And then when it started to slow down, you threw I, got a little, I got a little wheezy and I closed that thing down. Yes. I did not shit my pants. I threw up. Um, <laughs> we never talked. Did we talk? You guys must have talked about uh, the Trump testimony. Let's not talk about the Trump testimony. Okay. <laughs> What's our first slide? Oh, God. Well, it's sort of interestingly, there is a Trump tie-in, right? We've got we've got Brendan Carr, FCC commissioner and friend of uh, Light Shed. Walt, you read it. He, you're you're closest to Brendan Carr. You read this slide. I'm going to defer TikTok, to you. Tick, TikTok is not just another video app. That's the sheep's clothing. It harvests swaths of sensitive data that new reports show are being accessed in Beijing. I've called on Apple and Google to remove TikTok from their app stores for its pattern of surreptitious data practices. Well, and the, the reports he's talking about is, I think some in, that someone released some internal calls or emails, basically having people at TikTok US complaining that they still thought that they, that someone from China was was tapping into the data. So I think they've already moved some of their databases to Oracle. This is obviously yeah, that, a, a that challenge. was the whole, that was yeah. the outcome of the whole you know Trump thing when Oracle was going to buy them, yeah. whatever it was. Um, I just think it's funny that he he says it's a, a social app. It's it, or it's sheep's clothing. I think is is what he uh, a wolf is, in sheep's clothing, right? Sheep's yeah, clothing, meaning right. that like the sheep's clothing is people. Yeah, but are- that that it implies mens rea, right? Like there, like the intent of TikTok was to steal Amer- and utilize Americans' data. I don't think that's the case. Well, the, I don't know. It's possible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I don't know. I think the bigger I, I, issue is the FCC has no clear. There are ways. There are certainly interpretations that the FCC could try to figure out how to have authority over mobile app stores. But there is certainly no cut, clear, cut and dry authority. And it, it, it actually to your, to Walt to your point, Brendan Carr is not in the majority. He's in the. Minority, yeah. although I guess we're two two, so it's even 
I don't even know if even I don't well, know what Rich, the majority let is me, right let now. Let me step in here, please. Because <laughs> I don't know what the majority is anymore. Well, you're missing the point. Like the chairman or chairperson in this case, uh, Chairman Rosen or chairperson, excuse me, Rosenworcel is the only person that matters, right? They define the agenda and they define what moves forward or doesn't move forward. So it's, it's, it's irrelevant whether he's a Republican appointed commissioner or a Democratic uh, appointed commissioner. He's not the chairman who defines Correct. the agenda. He can so say, his, he can his view is irrelevant I, unless the chair well, the, person the, cares. You're talking about majority, majority, minority, whatever. That, none of that is relevant. And, and let me just also point out that there is bipartisan, as there should be, bipartisan interest in making sure that China is not yeah, impacting the influence of, of Americans. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I wouldn't, this is not a political issue in that regard. It's more of an authority issue of who has the authority. We know in transactions how it happens. It's not clear outside of transactions. I mean, obviously, Trump, going back to Trump, Trump was trying to get TikTok banned. Uh, it is well, I'm not it, clear. Here's there. So we have two, we've had two countervailing things happen in the last week or so. Yeah. A, DISH, um, the courts basically ruled that the FCC has a lot of authority that I didn't think that they should have. Conversely. The Supreme Court ruled that the EPA does not have as much power as they should have as an agency in terms of, in their case, in the EPA, implementing on, on what companies should do um, you know, with whatever carbon gases and things like that. So that was, I think, a negative in terms of the power that the FCC or other agencies would have you know, in, in moving forward here. Is there any clear-cut uh, outcome of that ruling vis-a-vis the FCC? No, no, not clear cut. I think it's just more of like, hey, if you're just neutered, all government agencies are neutered to a certain extent. It put it puts into question the authority um, or the power that that an agency has. Yes. I wouldn't say it it outright neuters them. Right. But I think it's certainly, you know, the courts, well, at least they used to be uh, about precedence. So theoretically, there's a precedence about, um, you know, about that. So. So net neutrality is what I kept reading about in the wake of this and right. how this could affect the potential yes. for net neutrality. Correct. hundred percent. Yeah. It matters that <laughs> much. So that's a clear cut outcome. I, I wouldn't say it's clear cut, but I think it's, oh. it's certainly, I think you put the, put your finger on it, Brandon, where the, the specific issue cited was net neutrality. And, and certainly there are parallels to the limitations put on the uh, the EPA and, and theoretically how that might apply if the FCC actually does get a fifth commissioner and can move forward on net, net neutrality. But let's let's you know let's be honest, dude. We're you know we're almost at midterm. There's no fifth commissioner. Like that shit ain't happening anyway. Sorry. We've actually never, I believe, in history had only four commissioners for an entire presidency, and it could literally happen here. Well, I don't know. We're, we're still early in the presidency, Rich. So we're a year and a we're a year. The bigger issue is who you're getting through the approval process, and how midterm elections may impact that. Agreed. Among many other things that our current administration has not uh, appointed or gotten well, done, it's also interesting, just in the context of at some point there's going to be an FCC merger that needs approval, and it'll be interesting when a major merger happens. Maybe not in the current economic environment, but at some point there's going to be a major 
transactions. Unless the current economic environment dictates the necessity of further consolidation. And the, and the FCC can also lean on other agencies to step step in where needed. But um, look, that's on that's on the Democratic that's on well, the current administration that if they can't figure out how to get a majority in the FCC, that they will, they then don't have the votes to stop a transaction from moving forward. So, well, FTC would be theoretically sure. limited by the EPA decision too, right? Yeah, With, all all agencies, Brandon. All agencies. Yeah, yeah. The, well, that's my point. So, yes. what are the implications of that vis-a-vis future transactions? I mean, so I think what happens is what what Lena has said um, <laughs> that you know she doesn't want to negotiate and and get consent decrees that she'd rather just sue. So, like, first of all, we all so it's you know, back to the courts. We all exactly, and then the courts can look at these this at the Supreme Court ruling as you know some impact on what you know I would think what power these agencies have in in some of these uh, elements. Fantastic. Next. Let's move on. Um, We've got um, a few different tweets here, but Carl Cantania tweets out, and this is from a Facebook or meta story that leaked out from a memo. Zuckerberg, quote, if I had a bet, I'd say that this might be one of the worst downturns that we've seen in recent history. I have to underscore that we are in serious times here, end quote. He talks about engineering hiring target for Please. 2022 being reduced from, I think, 10,000 to six to 7,000. But the good news is we have this last piece of this um, slide, and then I'll let you talk, Brandon. We're growing quickly. Time spent on reels overall has more than doubled year over year, both in the US and globally, with 80% of the growth since March coming from Facebook, meaning Facebook's reels versus Instagram reels. So very excited about short term video, meaning the TikTok like copy features. Brandon? A couple of reactions. First, on the last one, that's off an extremely low base, right? Um, it reels basically didn't even exist a year ago. So let's start with that. My reaction to the, the Zuckerberg um, commentary is he's like, what, 30 something years old. He was 25 during the 24, 25 during the last downturn. Eight. He hasn't seen very much in terms of economic cycles. And what does recent history mean? Right. The (laughs) recent last five years, the last seven years. Yes. Uh, It's I guess, you know, clearly they're not doing well. Well, I look, I think the question, though, is why are they not doing well? How much of this is the pressure, inflation, small business pressure? Obviously, remember, there are 10 million businesses that sort of advertisers on Facebook. How much of this is small businesses? How much of this is the transition from posts to reels, which don't have anywhere, you know, or just beginning their monetization journey? And how much of this is time spent still feels like it's going down relative to TikTok. And so Plus, I don't. But the I, iOS changes haven't been left, right? So correct. you have a confluence of different factors. Perfect storm. That are here. Perfect storm of factors. And we don't know how much is each one, but it's certainly concerning. And we just keep seeing more and more executives leave. And I think that's sort of the other scary part of this is that just every week that goes by, we hear more people that keep exiting. And it's just, it's hard to get excited, even though the valuation's really low. 
it's hard to get excited when every data point seems to be pretty depressing. I have a friend who just this week switched from sports to metaverse. There you go. <laughs> I mean, basically like you either move to something in metaverse or you move out of the company. That's what it seems like based on all the people we know. Yeah, but 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 okay, but let's just stay on that because I think that's a really interesting point. What does that mean for the core product though? Like if everybody is moving over to metaverse and e- everyone with talent Correct. And, all and of the best come back people. and say we have the smartest, most talented people anyway. Blah 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 blah. So everyone left over, you know. But, but everyone, the, the best people at TikTok are focused on TikTok, the, the yeah. current existing product that we see. Everyone on Facebook is not focused on Blue and Instagram. They're focused on Metaverse and like that. Or they're, or they're leaving the con. Uh, I almost said the country, the company. That's it. That's, that's what we're. That's right. what seems to be the case. Walter. Chris J. Bakke has tweeted the following. Elon Musk hasn't tweeted in a week. This confirms that he'll be the new owner of Twitter. The first rule of being on the board of Twitter is that you never use the product. Well done, Chris. You deserve that was, all the Well, because it goes back that to was the like Omid interlude. <laughs> no, because it goes it goes back to the Omid days when Omid never tweeted and was Omid, the kind of the, anyone on the board. I mean, look at the entire board. Well, sure, but Omid well, was buddy. chairman of the board for years and years and never tweeted. Like, it was always weird. The only person who t- ever tweeted was Jack. Correct. So where are we, Rich? I mean, you talk to investors probably more about Twitter than, than Brandon or I in the last couple of weeks. Like, are people still in this kind of camp that Elon's going to figure his way out of this? Or are, are they what coming are the more- What are the ARB people saying? I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I am amazed how unfocused people are on this. Like people are just, they're just, I guess because it's Elon, they're just worried and avoiding it. Despite, Hmm. you know, I I think it seems pretty well by avoiding it, you're basically saying you don't think it's going to happen because otherwise you're just giving up free money in terms of the spread. 100 percent People are just missing a free money opportunity in a shit market. Well, not free money. So let's rephrase yeah. that. Oh. There is, I'll tell is you a disclaimer we should read somewhere. Learned, there are no, free, there is no free yeah, money. I think we've Other learned the that government in the last free. three or yeah. four months. You know who learned that? <laughs> you know who, you know, the last time I heard free money, I was in, I was in, I was in, yeah, I was in a taxi Crypto cab. Crypto is free money. I was in yeah, a taxi he, cab in Vegas. Crypto is my, no money. My Uber, <laughs> my Uber driver in Vegas was a crypto miner. He's like, free money, man. Free money. I just remember having these conversations um, during the height of lockdown, the pandemic, when the market was going crazy. And, you know, Davy Day Trader, remember what yes. had, his, <laughs> had his like morning, you know, video. Those were great. On, I missed on those. Twitter. Um, where he was like, stocks only go up. They hammer. Go I got up. a hammer. Everybody on. needs to buy diamond hands. How many? And then he like, I forget what what names um, it was, but he sold like all his shit and then told everyone like there, 
soldiers, like whoever, working class people, you got to hold on. They're coming for you. He sold all his shit. Well, and, I just and then told everyone to sell later. Penn is only down 40% versus most of everything else is down Whoa. 80. Bullshit. Well, year to date. I'm just looking at year to date. Okay. Wait, wait, where did that stock, what's its yeah, stock at uh, now? You know, Brandon, let me present the numbers as I see fit. <laughs> I'm only looking at year to date. I see 40%. down 40 and yeah, I see a lot of, <laughs> I see a lot of other negative 70s and 80s. Yeah. yeah I'd say down date, 75% so it from its highs. Yeah. Exactly. It was 140 high. Leading indicator. Yeah, but did you see, like me, Rich, um, Davy Day Trader, the the uh, executive formerly known as Davy Day Trader, um, says that he flies coach now and not private because of his stock price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he <laughs> That's does. That's what he tweeted. He was sh- tweeting pictures from the airport. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, we're going to move on, but I do think I, I, you know, look, I still think this transaction's happening. We'll see. I think all signs point to this. Are we, are we back at Twitter? We are, because I just think it's happening. I, but we'll I didn't even on. remember what we were, we're talking, talking about. We're, we're, we're moving talking on. about the fact that people aren't talking about it. It's, you know, no one's talking about it. It's silent. It's literally been silent. Not only has Elon not tweeted in a week, there's been silence. Well, that's on the why stop. people aren't talking about it, because they just have to wait for their leader to say something before they can react. Next. Uh, on Twitter. Move on. Uh, at age, Pinterest co-founder and CEO Ben Silverman is handing the reins to Google and PayPal Inc. veteran Bill Reddy in a sign the social media company, it's not really a social media company, uh, will focus more on e-commerce. Uh, this has sort of been, it's like literally like <laughs> Captain Obvious, right? Like you I, don't need- think it, I don't think this is just about commerce. Well, I think it's about getting a company to move faster, um, a senior management team that was moving too slowly, that was not really commerce equipped, not payments equipped, that this is not in there, not even like creator equipped, right? Like they just went out and hired Malik Ducard over from from Google. Like they clearly are, my guess is the entire senior management team of Pinterest is going to transform. I still think it probably needs to be part of a larger company, but yeah, I mean, the maybe that's what this is. Like getting it ready to be sold. Yeah, maybe this is a step, you know, whether it's Shopify or PayPal, like there is definitely reasons why this would fit nicely with many other companies. It doesn't feel like this thing has quote unquote, yes, it touches hundreds of millions of people in over the course of a month, but it has never really scaled daily users meaningfully. It or probably needs and certainly yeah. hasn't monetized I outside mean, the US, yeah. especially like yeah. nothing outside the US. There's just a lot of opportunity as as content, commerce, marketing all come together. This thing has so much potential and it has not lived up to that under Ben. I think it was time. I mean, I'm, I, I'm surprised it took this long, I guess. But, you know, this seems well, really interesting. And you're dealing with a founder CEO. So that's why it took this long. Yeah. Nothing shocking. We'll see, though. This to me feels like prelude to a sale. Just my gut. But we'll see. Um, talking about. Um, CEOs and change or lack thereof, uh, Bob Chapik actually got his contract renewed. It, it Less than six months to go. And the board finally said they're sticking with Chapik with a unanimous three-year extension. Um, Rich, I, this, is, this is good for Lightshed. 
I mean, we didn't want Iger coming back. I mean, imagine if Iger had come back, we'd be back. We'd be blackballed all over again. I mean, that was my worst nightmare was Bob Iger coming back. Did you ask Bob Iger if he wants to invest in fun too? Ooh, that would be good. It would be great to have Bob Iger as an investor in Light Shed. <laughs> I saw him on the street and he shook my hand. I mean, he did it quickly, but he did shake my hand. Oh, boy. So did you so- ask him? Wait a minute. Didn't you ask him for a hug once? I did once. I did. And he wouldn't. He only he only would shake my hand. I said, can't we hug I it gave, out? I gave a Jeep pie a hug once at the at the uh, telecom did, prom. Oh, did you? Done? Yeah. That was not the year I was there. That was after? No. It was, it was a hugger. One of the years I, that you skipped. Hugger. Hug. Can, we, can we go back to Chapek, though? And, yeah. So, yeah. You know. not, not rich asking... I go for a hug yes. at the heat of their, like in the peak of their battle. <laughs> yes. And Rich, stop texting in the ventures. I mean, what can you focus on the podcast? You got to be fucking I'm kidding focused. Me. I'm focused. No, I, clearly, you're not. So, um, so I, can we go back to Chapek? So, what is, um, what is to, the, to the extent there was speculation about um, about Chapek oh, leaving? SPV. What what was the the fact that he's staying? Like, what would what what does that mean for the future of Disney? Had like let, let's let's go the opposite way. Let's say Chapek is out, right? And they put an interim CEO in there. What would that have meant in terms of the different divisions? Would that have put like ESPN at risk of getting punted? Like what are what, no, what are the implications I, here? I actually think strategically this is the best thing that could have happened because you could certainly say for the first year and a half, Chapek was dealing with the pandemic, couldn't make any major moves. He was just trying to keep the ship afloat and manage through the pandemic. But what groups are saved because he's staying and what well, group? Are, well, I would are say the, the opposite now. Now I'd say, okay, now he knows he's got three and a half years, right? He's, his contract goes through February, 2026. So he's okay. got three and a half years. He's got a lot of opportunity to do something. Is that get okay, rid so of ESPN? What, is, what, are, what, what do you think he cares about? And what do you think now that he has three and a half years, and he can fire oh. someone that might have politically tried to get him fired after they got fired. Like who gets, well, cut he, and, and he got that person fired two weeks ago. So he got Peter Rice fired. So okay. he got rid of, he yeah. got rid of one threat to his throne. For yeah, sure. that was, that was what, what does Peter Rice do? Which group is that? He was head of TV. Okay. So of what TV. is that? So what does that mean for TV? What does he want to do with TV that Peter Rice was doing wrong? I think the question is I, I, that wasn't what it was about. No, I, I don't know. I look, I think it is a part of it though, Brandon, like do they want to be in every, do they want to be Netflix and have lots of diversified content or do they just want to be Disney ask meaning Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm content? Like what do they want to be when they grow up? And I think that's going to be the central question. Like, I mean, Walt, it what do you think? like they're, they're, you know, taking the, uh, approach of broadening out content. We see Dancing with the Stars um, moving over to Disney Plus, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. On the flip side, what are what are things that he might have been hesitant at either acquiring or investing more money in? That now that he has three years of runway, that he'd be he'd say, okay, now I, I'm going to take a shot at this. What are those areas? That well, Hulu. Exactly. No, that. well, Hulu. So he could buy the rest of Hulu. Right. Or he could sell it. He could buy it or sell it. But he's got to pick one. Like, well, that's coming to a head anyway, Rich. Well, you say that it's 2024 still feels like a while away, Brandon. But yeah, a year and a half away. Okay, like, okay, it's coming coming to a head in his term, 
in his three and a half years, that is going to be one of the key strategic decisions he has to make. And it is fully intertwined with the broadening out of content on D+, because a lot of the content that now sits on Hulu could theoretically be moved over. Sure. Or that, but, isn't the, that, but isn't the big question, Walt, the content's got to be good. Obi-Wan didn't knock anyone's socks off. Lightyear is doing literally awful business at the box office. Like, I think the big question is just Disney's, Chapik has to make sure that they haven't peaked in content. Like, he's got to make sure that these core franchises are vibrant. And I think that's what, I mean, that's why the stock is acting like crap, is I think people are just worried that creatively it is not working. But that, I mean, Iger was a better creative leader. I, I understand that. And so I think that's so what Chapek needs to... How does he solve this problem, Rich? It's a great it's question. It's a hiring thing, right? Because Maybe Avatar will solve all problems. As a I know you're you're bullish on Avatar, Brandon, so maybe it'll I be mean, Avatar. I, the way people are talking about Avatar who have seen yeah. some of it, and we, we've spoken to them, right? People who have been involved with it say it's, you know, it's going to be bananas good. So I think I think the thing to talk about though is like what he would do versus other people that might have been in that spot, and as a result, who are the winners and losers? I I might also who would have been in the spot though, right? There's no obvious other choice. So when I I rode in college, or maybe it was high school, it was high school. Yeah, the coach put a Twinkie, took the rower out of his seat, and put a Twinkie in the seat, and said, (laughs) "Okay, is is the boat faster or slower?" When we What's re-race a, these, a Twinkie. Oh, like an it's actual a, It's Twinkie. like a pastry, yeah. <laughs> a pastry? That's so it. That's, if, if, you, if you had a Twinkie in the I, thought, I think it was chemicals. No, no, here's what you did. You, get, you, have, you have two fours, right? And normally they would switch like the three. So you see yes, which would we go yes. faster. Every, so one time they took a guy out and put a Twinkie in there and said, <laughs> will the boat be faster or slower if you put a Twinkie? And so so, my question is, so you're basically saying if I, if I put a Twinkie instead of Bob Chapik, what would have happened um, to Disney? Anyway, um, you can think about that. Let me yeah. just, while you're thinking about that, point out, because you know I love it, Brent, to bring it home to my good friends at Verizon, friends of the friends of Lightshed. I mean, I think they had a good imp- impact on Disney Plus's numbers, particularly in, in the U.S., right? And Oh, my God. The wireless, in- the wireless industry, though, is suffering, Brent. And I think if we're heading into a recession, the reality is, that a lot of those content relationships, whether it's Netflix or us, or Verizon with the Disney Plus, are not yielding share difference. We've already differences. We've already seen AT and T drop HBO Max from his highest tier plans. So that, now the question is, you know, if Verizon for whatever reason drops D Plus, you know, is this an, an additional headwind for them to continue to drive numbers in that segment? Or is it irrelevant for, for, for Verizon to continue to drive numbers or for oh, no, Disney to, well, to and... keep those Disney customers? If, if Verizon's oh. not paying for those Disney <laughs> plus customers or at least driving. Yeah, it'll definitely be a sub headwind and a lighter revenue headwind. Well, and, and it's more meaningful to Disney now than when they first launched Disney plus, because more and more of those Verizon subscribers have gone triple play. Right. It used to just be purely D plus. Now it's D plus Hulu and ESPN plus. So you don't lose one sub, you lose three. If you actually, we talked about the benefit of how these guys can think can keep churn down. These guys mean the telecom operators can keep churn down. So now the reverse holds true. If they're going to start rolling this back, 
and not including it in some of the service plans because it's just adding costs and not moving the needle for them. So just a thought out there for our Disney shareholders. Well, I think it's a scary sign actually, not just for Disney, but for the entire SVOD set of competitors. If, If wireless, which has been a big driver of this whole sector, stops marketing, reduces, it's a very, very big deal that I don't think investors oh, yeah. are paying enough attention to the risk. Like they're not reading your research on this and thinking about the implication of if they start to give up on these plans, this is a lot of churn and you're going to have to spend a lot more money to retain these subs through marketing and content spend if you lose these agreements or not even lose if they just get cut back or scaled back. Okay, so let's move on. I, I, while we're on the content thing, I want to show you guys two pictures that I took today. There are two oh, stores. Boy. There are two stores right next to each other on the Champs Elysees. Champs Elysees. Champs Elysees. And I don't know why the fuck I was even. Okay. On Can the- you just put the pictures up? We're waiting. This is the Disney store. Beautiful. Okay. But just look at it. Okay, I see a red a red line. No one can walk in without yeah. making a okay. reservation. And, and, yeah. No, it's not a reservation. It looks like T-Mobile on the Chicago Mile, it's uh, like that Golden Mile. Next, okay, okay. Why is this interesting? This is the Stranger Things store. There's a Stranger Things store right I next. Know, but- wow. Yeah, I mean, look, they did drop the new episode today, so it's yeah. the new episode. Dude, so it's. I'm but- just saying the line to get into the Stranger Things. You know, pop-up shop was like circling down the block, et cetera, et cetera. It was by far the most crowded store on the entire street. You should have posted that. It's, it's, you can pretend you can you can pull your best Gene Munster and count the people online. No, oh, Joe's right. You should have told me that before I went on CNBC this morning to talk about Netflix. Good job. Uh, you went on CNBC. This happened like three hours ago. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk yes. sports. We're going to move in. We've got a bunch of sports Sorry. slides. Sorry to disappoint. No, Brandon, go, wonderful. go on F1, Brandon. F1 has agreed to renew its rights deal with ESPN through 2025. The deal is reportedly worth 75 to $90 million per year. And the following tweets uh, from John O'Rand, News Nuggets. One, Amazon's bid was higher than ESPN's. It wanted rights to sublicense to a broadcaster. Uh, second is Comcast's bid wanted to incorporate Peacock in a big way. And third, Netflix made an offer, but its bid wasn't close on money. So there's a lot to talk about here um, vis-a-vis sports. The first one is that it they went ahead, F1, and took less money to be on ESPN, um, which, you know, there's two elements to one is the fact that I know they said there were going to be some ESPN plus races, um, but it's mostly linear. Number two is the power of cross promotion with other sports that you get at ESPN and the power of being highlighted to sports fans still on SportsCenter, which we laugh about now, but there are still people who watch it and ESPN.com and all of the other properties relative to being on Amazon, which, you know, you don't start your viewing experience, number one, on Amazon. And number two, there's very little in the way 
of cross promotion. I um, think what you're highlighting for the NFL, the Amazon can make sense because we know people will go find the games and they may lose some casual fans, but the NFL yeah, is a yeah, fully yeah. developed, mature sport. F1 is a developing sport in this country, especially in the last two or three years, dr- helped by Drive which, to Survive. By the way, which is why they took basically no money previously um, to be on ESPN. It turned out to be an, a very good strategic move. Right. But I think I can understand why they turned down more money from Amazon. I can yeah. understand why they didn't want to be on Peacock. It's like a death sentence being on Peacock, yeah. right? Like no one was going to watch them other than the super diehard F1 fans on Peacock. Having this- the right promotional partner can potentially mean a lot more to a sport than the money itself. I mean, we, Rich, right. you and I had that conversation with a league executive recently right and, yeah i don't know and, it makes a lot of sense it, to me and it's like wwe well go back to wwe wwe like they made the decision actually to help their viewership right like going from pure wwe network into peacock was actually a net positive that helped them expand their viewership yes like because it, right because again of you know the sort of cross promotion within the bundle and the people who use it relative to a service though, that was just specific to WWE, right? So the word reach is critical. it's It's similar, but you know, but a WWE example is last deal. I mean, purportedly there was an offer from, uh, Facebook, I believe. At that time when Facebook was actually interested um, in live entertainment. And um, yeah, they completely blew it off. They wanted broadcast. The, 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 the surprise was obviously Netflix bidding. Obviously, it sounds like they bid nowhere near what I others did. I mean, again, like going back to our conversation or recent conversations with Reed he thinks that sports is generally a loss leader and didn't want to play the loss leader game. So I am sure that they economically figured out how much that viewership would be worth to them. And they bid to that number. They seem to be trying to be a rational player as much as possible when it comes to sports. And they probably said, look, you can be our only sports property. We'll put you on. We'll give you lots of exposure, but we're not going to pay you what others could pay you. And that's it. Correct. And that's why, you know, it sounds like if they're going to do anything with sports and need to loss lead at all, it's going to just be in, you know, potentially in markets where, you know, they, uh, they don't have amazing traction. So for podcast listeners, the word purportedly is defined as, as appears or is stated to be true, though not necessarily, so allegedly, (laughs) as opposed to reportedly, which is according to what some say, but also not necessarily true. Wonderful word, Brandon. (laughs) Okay. Thank you very much for injecting that into the podcast. We are not allowed to talk about the NFL in any regards on this podcast until they announce a Sunday ticket winner. Um, and, you know, we still have yet more tweets. Um, this is stories out of CNBC this week that the NFL wants more than two billion for Sunday ticket and that Apple, Amazon and ESPN are still in the mix. Remember, there's been multiple reports out 
that Apple has one and just not yet announced. We don't know if that's true, um, but you know the the reality is, my guess is sometime between now and the start of the season, meaning September. My guess is we find out who won Sunday Ticket, and hopefully it will be Apple, so that Walt will be very happy with the viewing of Sunday Ticket for the first time. Well, you've said, Rich, you know, straight along now, all of us have for what, at least a year that it was going to be Apple. Look, it, it makes a lot of sense, but we'll see. I mean, it's the type of premium product, but you seemed very confident about it a few weeks ago. I, on the podcast. I, I do feel very confident. I, I do feel confident. And, and look, there's a, the next tweet we've got, um, you know, two different tweets, Brandon, but you know, this Pete Thamel, which is the USC and UCLA have notified of their application to join the Big Ten has been accepted. The schools will begin play in 2024. We'll come back to that in a second. But the second tweet here is from John Oran, is that Apple told the Big Ten that it wants to re-engage in media talks after it heard about USC and UCLA joining the conference. And that was just terrible. Like, that was terrible tweet reading. I mean, look, this is John, John Oran is, is the CNET of this week's podcast. This is but, fine. <laughs> but this is the this is huge that news. Like, the two USC and UCLA. Yeah. And you just read it as like it's nothing. I, well, he wanted to. He didn't. I wanted, he wanted to tie to in Apple from the podcast. You can tie before. in Apple, but like this is huge is news. That, like the Pac Pac twelve is. Rose decimated, De- like, decimated. A lot yeah. of our listeners are, believe it or not, college football fans, Rich. And this is massive news. The Pac-12 is toast. What By happens to Oregon? What happens to the what? league? What happens to the Rose Bowl? But basically, it's the Pac-12 and the SEC and the NCAA no longer matters. What happens to Jim Harbaugh That's when he it. has to play more teams? Listen, oh, these are easy teams to beat, so he probably mm-hmm. loves it. First Sorry, of USC all, grads. They, those are no longer Rose Bowl opponents because if you remember what Who's in the Rose Bowl? It's the Big Ten champion if they're not in a BCS bowl. So the highest ranking, you know, non-BCS uh, yep. bowl. Big Ten versus the same uh, for the Pac-12. Right. Um, so you're bringing them out. But at the but end the, of the, the day, this is all about one thing, which is media rights. Big Ten deal coming up. Um, bringing, you know, Pac-12 and Big Ten both have been relatively weakened compared to the SEC and ACC, particularly the SEC based on some of the schools that are joining um, there. And this strengthens greatly, I think, strengthens the Big Ten in its in its upcoming uh, media rights deal. I mean, yes, because it's USC it, it, and UCLA. You're more national. USC yeah, and UCLA. Good alumni. Have yeah. big, it's not just alumni. It's They have big followings. Well, that's um, technically driven by the alumni, but I hear you. Yes, yeah. it's it's good for sports rights, but they're not exactly good teams. <laughs> I mean, well, let's go back to the history of both USC and UCLA. There, John Wooden. I know that was okay. History you know, a, a long time ago. This year, I think UCLA made the Sweet Sixteen, Mark, or the Elite Eight, maybe. For basketball, year, right? For basketball, yeah. Um, USC. Thought, we're talking about football, though. I, I, thought I still we were talking think about, about Reggie. Still think about Reggie Bush. Okay, but they had the two quarterbacks pretty recently. It was like Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. Both turned out to be flops. Well, I think it was all those USC those are real that the cool. Eagles drafted that turned out to be <laughs> turned duds. out to suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I feel bad for Oregon, but I guess now they've got an easy walk on the uh, on the Rose Bowl every year. 
but maybe they should find another another league as well or another conference as well. Well, don't you think that's what we're moving to sure. a couple of massive power conferences? Probably, I don't know, will be three or four yeah. um, massive power conferences, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point, Brand. Do you think that? Do you think there was any frustration from USC and UCLA's standpoint in terms of the COVID years? I mean, there was a lot of difficult decisions that were getting made there. There might have been also some frustration um, internally within the conference. Or do you think this is just a hundred percent media rights about about playing and everything? Yeah, you know, stadiums. we hosted we hosted these conferences. We hosted these conferences and a bunch of late shit lives. So there was different approaches by the different conferences and how they were dealing with, you know, with COVID. COVID, yeah. We're we're kind of past that, I think, at this point. I think there's one thing that matters the most, Walt, and it's money. That's it. This is just a money grab, epic money grab. I wouldn't call it now that I'm paying three strategic decision. Now that I'm paying three college tuitions, yes, I can definitely say it's all about the, it's all about the <laughs> Benjamins. Um, and this of course, well, and, and look, Apple's name being coming full circle, like Apple's name being thrown in, like we just keep seeing Apple being talked about in the yeah. world of sports more and more and more. And they have still- we're waiting for the big one, right? We are. So we think are. it will be a big one. But Big Ten yeah. would be a big one, too. Like, if they got yeah, Big no, Ten, no, that would be a very we, big change. Of course, but we haven't gotten the big one yet. What will probably happen with Big Ten is they're not going to get exclusive rights to the Big Ten. There's zero chance. I would agree. Well, there's also a Big Ten network. I mean, it's it's complicated, yeah. right? Like, but it, but they might get a substantial part no, of the rights package. A substantial, or at least a sliver. Why doesn't Why doesn't Apple just buy the Michigan Ohio State game every year? <laughs> just yeah, one that's game. That's the best rivalry game in college football. Notre right? Dame USC. No, not even close. No, I know it's not close, but I mean, they could buy a little package of all the yeah. all the big rivalry games. Walter, could you read? Um, Little Champions League. Martin Ziegler, who's got a blue check, not a friend of Light Shed. Exclusive. Well, why isn't he a friend of Light Because I've never heard of him before. And he, yeah, he, does, he doesn't look like one of our type but of he people. Has a blue, anyway. Everyone has a fucking blue check these days. The blue check. Exclusive. The BBC will show Champions League highlights on Wednesday nights from 2024. Amazon to have first pick of live games on Tuesdays. BT Sport retains all other live rights, yada, yada, yada. This is basically just saying... Amazon stepping into the Champions League, which for our U.S. listeners, um, the Champions League is the third most watched league um, in the United States. First being the Mexican League, number two, uh, the English Premier League, and then, of course, Champions League. Right. And then number four is MLS. No, no. Number four, I think, is the Spanish League. And then number five... (laughs) Maybe maybe, maybe MLS. Because that was, that was that was Apple's big deal. Right. Sure. Yeah. So just you know, just for comparison's sake. Am- yes. Right. Amazon is different. Pushing ahead, pushing ahead. Right. Correct. Look, I mean, this is sort of what isn't getting enough focus. It's not just that advertising is weakening and the economy is turning down. It's like the only thing holding the bundle together is sports. And every time we get onto this pot every week. We're putting up more and more slides yeah, of like yeah. sports it's just being sort of like picked out one by one out of the bundle. Like yeah. 
Sports all around the world. Glue that holds the bundle together, Malone. It's wrote that big sports piece. It's going to get really, really nasty. It's going to get nasty. That's the point. All right, next. Walter, let's talk a little T-Mobile. And now for your telecom intermission. From late reading, T-Mobile is now officially selling its Android customers' data, even while its corporate parent, Deutsche Telekom, states that, quote, the most valuable thing that our customers entrust to us is their personal data. I'm just going to be, to be fair, I thought this was a Facebook slide. I am going to frame this up in terms of it is difficult to grow revenue in the wireless industry for everyone. Even if people still want to consider T-Mobile this growth company, yes, they put up 6.6% growth in the first quarter, but that included wholesale revenue payable to DISH that's that's was just re-rated with their new contract. So they're, in my mind, terminally 3 to 4% grower, just like every other telco. So you know, you got to find ways for growth. And I guess selling your customers data is one way to do it when the government prevents you from increasing price, which is what AT&T and Verizon have been doing in recent months. Price increases, that's step one. Um, Selling your data though, or selling data, nothing shocking about it. It's just sort of well, Verizon discussed this effectively when they originally bought um, Yahoo, and then it didn't really and, pan and out. AOL and AOL and, and AOL, whatever. Same difference. Um, it didn't really pan out. We'll see how it goes. And I think, look, Dish's take on this is, I'll just give you the enterprise customer full access to the network with your private network slices, and then you effectively just own the data for whatever your application is. Just speaks to maturity. Yeah, need for revenue. Yeah, that's all. That's That's it. That's why Brandon would say that's it. That's why, despite a you know basically nil churn rate, these companies trade at very low multiples. Mature. That's it. it. Brandon. Whatever. (laughs) Video gaming, Brandon. Uh, video gaming. Epic Game Store. A huge week for at Fall Guys game with more than 2x their previous PC CCU record. That's concurrent users. Oh, uh, thank you, Bryn. Well done. I, I, <laughs> yes, I'm getting better at this. Contributing to a record number of active players for the store last Tuesday. Thank you to all the new beans. Always stumbling, never not stumbling. So... Uh, Epic bought Fall Guys a, a little while back um, at this point and just brought it free to play. Um, and it's you know, really reinvigorated that game. And it just, I mean, they only it, bought it a little over a year ago. I mean, it's a relatively yeah. recent purchase. I mean, how long has Fall Guys even been around? I don't know. In the actually. life of Fall Guys, that's a long time ago, actually. Right. Um, so, couple of things. One is Epic needs various beachheads um, in, in, as they put together their metaverse vision. We obviously know that Fortnite is, is one of them and um, uh, Fall Guys is, is hopefully going to uh, be another one as the game is reinvigorated and reaching new heights because of the free-to-play element and utilizing free-to-play is a powerful tool. And I think there's 
there's a lot of games that, you know, not just at Epic, that could be reinvigorated by going free to play. Is there one that comes to mind that you said, if this one went free to play, it would be a big deal? No. Nothing <laughs> jumps out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, so good. Asshole. Nope. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. That was good. I had to do that. Uh, Joe Flint, Wall Street Journal. Next star is finalizing a Not deal. Not a to- friend of like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Joe doesn't really. That, Joe does not like me. He does. <laughs> I don't think he likes any. No, he got really upset with me because he didn't think he 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 was convinced that Les Moonves was fine and safe and thought our sort of. Uh, there were a few. Dude, there, there were a few. He things really that, bristled us on on the whole Moonves situation. Bristled us. That's not a verb. But did he? Did he? Was he the guy that He's lived next to He's shot at me before. <laughs> Is he the guy that lived next door to the crazy psychiatrist? No, 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 no. That oh, Jonas different Sarah. guy. That's Jonas Sarah. He's a friend of Lightshed. Friend of Lightshed, Jonas Sarah. Next door is finalizing. Joe Flint is the guy who's a red <laughs> oh, fuck, a commander's fan. Yes, you can't say Redskins anymore. That is not PC anymore. Well, it's oh, never been think. PC, Rich. It's just that they don't <laughs> call that anymore. <laughs> What this podcast is literally off the rails. I'm just I don't, I, that's your favorite, Rich. This is not off the rails. No. I actually think this has been a pretty relaxed. Yeah, you know. Yes. And let me read this tweet for you, Rich, since you seem to be having difficulty with it. Next star <laughs> is finalizing deal to acquire majority ownership of the CW network from Warner Bros. and Paramount Global. I guess these are co-owners. Rich. Warner Bros. Discovery. Don't forget the parent. Whatever. <laughs> Um, the CW network, um, generally known for sort of Gen Z millennial um, content, um, it loses a hundred million dollars a year. Content. It's teens. Teens content. loses a hundred million dollars a year. Gen, Gen Zs and millennials still actually, do they well, actually watch well, television? Well, what's interesting is this network bleeds cash. the The content is for a younger audience that isn't really watching linear TV anymore. Most of the content's being watched on Netflix, which is how the creators of the content make most of their money on the content. So now Nextstar is looking to buy the network. I presume they're going to change the programming to be sort of old people's content because the people still going watching. Going back to what I just said. You're going to basically make this into the, 50, you know, over 50. Television. Correct. It so you're going to. like a pretty obvious. Yeah. It's just like the reality is, even older people are starting to move off of linear. I feel like this transaction would have been brilliant a few years ago. You watch linear TV, Rich? Very, very little, Brandon. And I am definitely not in the teen demographic anymore, uh, as my gray hair perfectly showcases. Are you um, in the old person demo? I don't know, but Walt called me out on gray hair this week, and it really pissed me off. But Why, still- Why did that piss you off? Yeah, because he doesn't really have gray hair. But he do. might. I you do. don't really. Not oh, nearly the same. Uh, no, it's not the he same. A, he's a gray beard. I, I'm a gray beard. Gray beard. Yeah, I'm a gray beard. That's true. Uh, it's just, it, I've it's been just, getting, actually, no joke, a bunch of grays in my chin. Well, that's because really you're married now. As soon as you get married, you start turning like, gray. I took my beard off mostly. But, uh, but but here's the problem with this transaction is just as you're doing it, you're literally, we, we spent the whole podcast talking about how like sports is coming out of the bundle. Everything's starting to finally break down. And now you're going to go try to recreate this into like a new well, what, what's l- the linear, price, right? I, well, I basically, I price is basically free. They're basically assuming it 
and assuming the losses. They're just taking it off of okay. Warner Brothers so, and Paramount's balance so sheets. Maybe they have a way to, you know, make that to squeeze some cash out of it. Who the fuck we will see. I, I'm looking Relative forward to seeing how this potatoes, works. But it's next star. Yeah, next. that's fine. Well, no next, next is sort of next. we have two. We have two funny slides to end. Uh, I will read this one since it, I think it's attacking me personally. Uh, Adam Aaron, friend of Lightshed, um, <laughs> uh, quote, other than a few idiots that readily come to mind, I'm presuming he's talking about me, uh, and likely yours, who in the blank, uh, I assume he means who in the fuck, can still say movie theaters are dead and have no future. Thank you, Tom Cruise, Top Gun Maverick, just crossed one billion in global box office in less than one month. Hashtag choke on that. Jesus. Um, what he sort of forgets to say is that he's sold every share of his stock at multiples of where AMC was trading. And the best part is his box office year to date is still down over 30 percent, um, despite some very big movies like Top Gun and Spider-Man. The problem is it's very binary. Couple movies do huge and everything else does terrible. And Adam doesn't care because he's laughing all the way to the bank as he keeps selling stock. It's just hard to believe that AMC is still a six, seven billion dollar company, Brandon. Like I don't understand how it is still at this level. Uh, obviously, it's come way, way down, but it's still absurd that it's not a two billion dollar company or less like Cinemark. So we'll see. But I think it's funny that Adam is taking a victory lap on individual movies uh, while he continues to bleed every share he has. I intend to go see um, Jurassic Park. I'm just watching the other ones. I had to actually rent it. I, it was not available on any streaming service. So I had to pay four bucks to watch the first Jurassic Home or I'm sure not Jurassic, not Park, but the other one, World, the first Jurassic World. And I'll, I'll be watching the second Jurassic World before I actually go to the theater and buy a nice big popcorn, maybe a Diet Coke, and enjoy Jurassic World. Guys, this is no joke. My flight got canceled. Yeah, of course it did. That's amazing. Why is that a surprise? That's amazing. July 4th in Paris. Like, why is this surprising to you? Travel is currently a disaster. And I apologize to anyone out there listening to this podcast while you're waiting in an airport for your flight. But well, if if Rachel gets there, if Rachel gets there, maybe if Rachel gets there, she can hang out with you on Sunday, Brandon. Dude, I got to go home. Okay, what's our final slide? Final slide is. For you guys. I will read this from um, Steve Cohen, owner of the New York Mets. Um, Amazing tweet by the owner of the Mets. I hope everybody is enjoying my favorite day of the year, Bobby Bonilla Day. And for our non-baseball listeners, although I might consider myself a non-baseball listener, this was an awful contract signed by the Mets where they're still paying him to this day. I don't know what the number is. I'm sure Mark can text us what the number is per annum. Um, That's paired with uh, another thing, given my kind of um, skepticism or distaste for baseball these days, um, don't think the Chicago White Sox aren't hustling. They've just been instructed not to do so on routine outs. And, and I found this out thanks to um, our good friends at Odyssey and my favorite radio announcer, oh, Angelo Cataldi. Cataldi. Oh, uh, even Angelo I know that name. I know. I feel like Angelo should be a special guest once on the, the podcast. Chris, the Chris Russo of Philadelphia. Dude, dude, Angela he should retire. totally be on this Angelo podcast. Cataldi is a genius. I am very sad that he's going to retire. You, you, he's a you like him better than Spike Eskin? He, <laughs> Spike Eskin. 
Spike is Howard's son, and Howard. Oh, I, I like Howard because he's such <laughs> a salty fuck. I, but anyway, I, listen for people out there. What happened is Tony Larusa and his trainers they told their their top players not to run the ball out to first because they didn't want them getting injured. That is absurd. Like baseball has enough problems as it is. They don't promote the Eagles fan who's on the Angels, whatever his name is, Mike Trout. They don't promote promote Bryce Harper. No one knows who these players are, and they're not. They don't even have their. And you have your pitcher stand up for thirst for thirty seconds before they pitch while everyone's falling asleep, and now you're not having players run to first base. It is absurd. Good luck, baseball. How do you how do you really feel, Walt? Good luck, baseball. And for those of you that are might be finally sick of watching Walt. baseball, come to the dark side. Walt. In early August, English Premier League starts on NBC. Friend of friend of Light Shed, and come to the dark side. Join EPL. It's much better than baseball. Thank you. You're so un-American on July. That was a pretty good pitch for Peacock that, too, Walt. That's, that's all I have to say. If there was Why? ever a day to Why? Peacock baseball. has Peacock has baseball too, Rich. True. Remember, they have the best announcers, right? <laughs> baseball. I mean, honestly, By the way, people were bitching about the Mets game. Um, they were like, wait, I had to get Apple, you know, last time, you know, for that, like, Friday night opening day, opening weekend start. For, that was, I think that was Scherzer. And now I had to go get Peacock this time around. I don't know if... It, life life is really hard for people. Rights is good for the MLB necessarily because they already have a problem. And now they're spreading their rights everywhere and pissing off their fan base. But hey. Happy yeah. July 4th. Well, guys, <laughs> I, Happy I, July it, 4th. it may be July 4th before I get home at this point. When was your flight supposed to be? Tomorrow night? With tom- no, tomorrow at 1 p.m. I mean, dude, I literally, I hate to say I can't wait to get fucking home and, like, go to the yeah. gym and get healthy. First of all, they're, they're, now they're now that bid for your ticket, whatever it was, twelve hundred dollars, they're going to drop it to two hundred dollars. Would you like to switch your flight now? Like you would. Maybe they'll put you in coach home, Brandon. They Maybe they'll put you in coach. It. They just switched it for me. They did not put me in coach, but my new flight is Sunday, July third at one ten. No chance. Good luck. Dude. Have a great weekend, everyone. That's episode one thirteen. Hopefully, we'll see Brandon back in the states next week. By, by next week's podcast. By next, that's exactly it. <laughs> <Fuck off. laughs>